You are now tuned in to the Get Rich or Die podcast with your host, Drago, where we talk to entrepreneurs and hustlers of all stripes to talk about exactly how they made something out of nothing. Uh. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the second edition Episode number two of the Get Rich or Die podcast. I am your host, D to the R.E. Drega. Today we have a crazy episode for y'all. We're going to be interviewing a man named Lucas Walker. He is the co-founder of a dog snack company that in one year has done over six figures in revenue just by using Amazon mostly. So we're going to get into that with him right now. He's a crazy dude. I've been talking to him for the last couple of weeks. And he's, he's, we get along really well because we're both hustlers. He's even, he's a more crazy hustler than me. So, uh, let's, let's get into this right now. All right. So I'm on the line right now with Lucas Walker. How's it going, brother? Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. What about you, Drago? What are you, what are you saying today? I'm, I'm just hustling, man. I'm trying to make something happen. Yeah, I started these podcasts late for everyone. Hey, for all place. future guests, just show up late because Drega doesn't respect your time. He'll he'll keep you waiting for ten minutes, saying he's he's setting stuff up. I'm setting up. Know. This is the best sounding he's, podcast on the iTunes store right now because it I'm, is. I'm, I'm, I'm you got to prove for so. iTunes. That's huge. Yeah, so that's huge. So anyway, I saw the top three podcasts: Serial Season One, Season yeah. Two is garbage. Yeah, Serial Season One. Yeah, stuff you should know. Get rich or die by Drega. Yes. That's all that you need. Yes. Yes. All right. So we're here. To, we're talking today to a crazy hustler, crazy entrepreneur, Mr. Lucas Walker. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, about your company, Treats Happen? How did yeah. how, how did so this start? Actually, yeah, we actually started pretty serendipitously. Uh, we weren't really looking to create a business. We were just we've got three dogs. Um, so we're making some treats for, for ourselves. Um, we just bought it like a, uh, an Excalibur dehydrator off, off Amazon. And then Riley's aunt, my, my significant other, her aunt said to the local pet value, you guys got to carry these. So we just sold them some, some bulk product. And we're like, wait, wait, hold up. What did you buy off Amazon? Just a dehydrator to make the dog treats on. Okay. So can you explain what a dehydrator is? Because that that's probably like, no one knows what that is right now. Yeah, everyone knows what it is. It, remo- it dehydrates. It, it removes the moisture from the food to preserve it. So if you've ever had like beef jerky or, or any sort of dehydrated, a lot of spices are dehydrated, dehydrated vegetables, anything like that. Yeah. Um, so just a, like a basic Fortrix Excalibur off, uh, off Amazon. Okay. And, and that's what we were using. Oh, for, for your, to give dog snacks to your. Yeah. Dog just make friend. some, uh, some dehydrated liver treats, make it, make it nice and healthy. Right. Okay. Okay. We weren't really happy with the, the quality of products that were in the stores. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we started making our own and Riley's aunt told the, the pet store across the street, Oh, you guys got to carry these. So we, we made a bit of money. We're like, Oh, that's not bad. You know, maybe we can just set up a Shopify store. We've got a lot of friends selling stuff online. It yeah. can't be that hard. Yeah. So we set up online and then like, I look back to the first website and I'm, we had no idea what we were doing, but you know what? We got, we got some sales. We thought, Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, then I lost a fast forward a few months. I lost my day job in March and I've always been an entrepreneur. I've, uh, a few years ago, I co-founded a, a startup called Vengage, which does infographics creation, a lot of content marketing. It's still up and running. I'm an advisor there, but I, I've always liked being, being my own boss. Yeah. Um, so we thought, okay, you know what, let's see if we can launch this company. Other companies have done it. Their marketing is nothing special. I think that we can connect with our customers a lot better. 
And so uh, there was a, a pet expo in a couple of weeks. So we just got everything together and we launched. We did a few random sales that weekend and we're like, okay, that's not bad. How did you, how did you even like, get you know, these sales? How, how did even the product even come into a package? Yeah, so we just got some some coffee bags, got some labels printed up. Okay. Um, bought another couple dehydrators, a little bit bigger model, and just was dehydrating, dehydrating, dehydrating. Oh wow! So you just were like, we we're just putting them in in generic coffee bags, and then putting a label on the coffee bag. Yeah, so it's um like a matte black stand up pouch. A lot of companies use it. Yeah. Um, so a lot of tea companies or or anything will. We'll use it and then put their own label on it. So we did, uh, we tried to make our packaging really unique from a lot of what's out there in the pet industry. A lot yeah. of it is just gimmicky puns. Yeah. And so we tried to, to stay away from that because you got to differentiate. And when you're looking at, at a limited ingredient treat or a single ingredient treat, it's really the brand that, yeah, that's why people buy at the end of the day. So, as long as the product is a good enough quality, it's the brand behind it, the customer service. So how well do you take care of your, your customers? So was the package that you have now, because I really love the packaging you have right now, was that the OG original packaging you had when you started this, when you were just yeah, kind of so validating the product? Yeah, so we used two stickers yeah. on the front, so one with our logo and then one with a paw print. So we we added, once we got custom printed uh, packaging, the tastier, healthier treats on the front. Yeah. But it was very similar. Oh. We just, we really wanted to stand out and have a nice, clean package that you could leave on the counter. So for the so I just want to get it straight for the first validation kind of testing the product it was just a sticker on the on a coffee a generic coffee bag. Well, yeah, it was the the logo. That's amazing. The, the That's amazing. That's so amazing. And you just had that. You took a picture of that and put it on your site. No, we didn't even have a picture. We just had a block that said this is what the product is. We didn't even have a picture of the product on the site when we first. So first how did started. how did people like know to trust you to buy it? Were you selling it like to? Was it like, who were you selling? Who was the first customers? It was the first customer was someone that we got off of Reddit in Winnipeg, Canada. So, and they, I just did, they, I just did a Reddit post saying, Hey, we launched our company. Um, and someone who his dog's name is Winnie out in, uh, out in Winnipeg. He, he bought. And you never forget your first sale. All, all hustlers. That's a, that's a lesson out there. You never forget who, who the first person who bought off you. I still remember. No, Beverly. you don't. It's, Shout out to Beverly. Try to get, we try to get to know our customers pretty well. Yeah. Um, and that's one of the reasons that we like going direct is we just, we get to know our customers and it, and it is sad at times when, when the dog passes away, but it's nice to, to really get to know your customers and they're going to be your best advocates. That's why we don't really do many discount codes. Cause we tell, we get asked on Instagram all the time now, Hey, yeah. can we get some free product? And we say, well, no, have you purchased from us before? Yeah. Cause we made a decision last year that the only people who are going to get free product from us are our customers is a way of saying, thank you. And rescues. So we're going to donate it to not-for-profit. And that's the only wow. two people who are going to get, that we're going to give free product to. Wow. You validated the product. You sold it to Winnie in, in, uh, out there, out, out there in the provinces. And you, you, you saw that it worked. And then what was the next step from that? Yeah. So it was never meant to be a full-time business. Yeah. It was more just to be something on the side. Um, we thought, okay, if we make a few extra bucks, you know, that's pretty good. Maybe we can take a vacation or, whatever, have some more tax write-offs. But it was really, um, once I lost my job, that we thought, okay, let's do the the pet expo and see if we can make a run at this. So we thought, okay, how are we going to do if we can cover our costs? You know what? We're brand no one's heard of. Let's see how we do. Yeah. Um, 
And you know what? We like I said, we made a few grand that weekend. So we're thinking, okay, that was really the moment of validation. Yeah. That 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 it took for us, especially um, in Canada and e-commerce, shipping is insanely expensive. It is, yeah. So for us, to, if someone buys one bag of product, we don't really make any money. Yeah. So that first year, and we were on the Shopify Masters podcast talking about it. So I won't go into too too much detail, but we really like hit the. We pounded the pavement that first summer, just doing every little show that we could. Some were a bust, when but you know what? It gets the brand out there, and it's people like to buy from people that they know and that they've met. And it's an easy way for us to get um, our product into the hands of our consumers for the first time. Yeah. So, and this was all in March 2015 or March 2016? Yeah, so this is March 2015. Okay. Um, all the way to the end of the year in 2015. Oh, wow. And that, that was just, you didn't really make money that whole year. You're just kind of were validating the product, testing it, going through the, the hoops. I mean, we were making money, but we were just reinvesting back into the company. Okay. And then what was the next step after that then? Yeah. So, I mean, the next step, I guess, was really focusing on markets that work. Um, for us, Amazon, FBA, Amazon in the U.S. is huge for us. Did, That's really where you, our focus how, is So you weren't, when did you get onto Amazon? Was it in 2016? Oh. I wanted, yeah, it was November 2015 was when we started. We just sent a few SKUs there just to see if it would sell. Yeah. Um, and then it did. And so we've been really focused on 2017. We're going to be pretty focused on growing Amazon just because it's so hands off. Yeah. They ship the product for you. They bring you the customers. Um, it's people are there looking to purchase products. It's just the best place to be. Um, I highly recommend everyone should be on Amazon. Yeah, I mean, that's what you, we were talking about that before. And it's a pretty like passive, you know, a lot of people want passive income and stuff like that. But is it really as passive as people make it out to be? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to put in your work up front of writing a good product listing, having good images. You have to check your PPC. Yeah. But it's about as passive as you can get. I mean, it helps that we really build the brand. And so we do a lot of retargeting from our website to send people to our Amazon listings, but it's, they take out by the cost. They take out finding a lot of customers because you're in their marketplace. They take out the fulfillment. So you really only need to focus on, on your product as well as just tweaking it once it's done. Yeah. So it, are you still making the dog snacks in your house, in your kitchen? No, no, you? we, um, we work, found a couple of facilities locally that we can that we can really trust to to manufacture for us so that's what we do and that's how also um a necessity for getting it across the border so we thought about um financing enough to buy some equipment and everything and then we were just looking at the numbers and we realized our background is not in manufacturing it's in branding and marketing yeah so let's focus on that um and so that's freed up a ton of time it's just having the perseverance to get your your sales up to meet the minimums and especially in something that's a smaller sub $20 item yeah. it's you have to do a lot of volume because yeah. people want new products but then if your minimum order run is a thousand to five thousand units that can be pretty tough if it's not going to sell as well yeah um so was that the minimum order that they would take a thousand 
Yeah, it depends on on the product and and whatnot. But we typically do runs now in in a thousand at a time of any SKU. We try to be fairly lean of not having a ton of inventory on hand. So we're willing to spend a little bit more on the marginal cost per unit to not have those upfront costs. How did you find these manufacturers? One was introduced to us from a supplier, and then the other one, they actually found us after we were in the Globe and Mail. They reached out, and we were actually um, in talks to be acquired by one of them um, in the middle of 2016. Wow. So, so just, in, just in a year and a half of doing biz. Yeah. Um, it's trying to snatch us up early, I guess. Um, but yeah, so it fell through. I, I can't really talk about too, too many of those those details publicly, but... I mean, that's nice when someone says, hey, what, a, what if we acquired you? It's That's a pretty nice validation. Yeah, that is. That's an amazing validation. How much were you making prior to um, doing the manufacturer? Like how many dog snacks were you making? Like Not yourself? that many. Um, in a week, we could probably do 500, uh, 500 bags of treats. Okay. Um, and then but you- it would all depend on if we had a show or we're doing a big order. And it was just too much to do, obviously. I, I mean, 500, 500, I can't even make 500, like, of anything, you know, in a week. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough, and it's a task that we're not that good at. So we could always be doing something that's a more high-value activity for us to generate more revenue. Manufacture, manufacturing is really a, more of a cost center than, than a profit center, so we want to spend our time you know, making cold calls, talking to customers, tweaking ads, writing content for the website. Like there's a million other things that we could be doing. Yeah. So then you, uh, you got a man- manufacturer, you got the product on Amazon. So how are you getting it to customers now? How are you reaching and driving traffic? So we do a lot on Facebook and a lot by email. We really focus heavily on driving traffic to the website. And our goal isn't, we're not a bracelet or, or a t-shirt that sort of you see it, then you buy it right away. Mm-hmm. So we really focus on on building the brand. And I'm a huge Gary Vaynerchuk guy. Yeah. So it's really that job, 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 right hook mentality. So we give them a fun piece of content. So we'll go breed by breed. And right now we're really focused on boxers because that's what we have. So we'll do 10 things only boxer lovers understand. And then there's a quiz to get their email. Then yeah. we just send them our drip campaign. And, we, and then we can always say, hey, we bet your boxer would love these treats. And that's really when we go go for the ask. So you're you're doing these quizzes on face Facebook to kind of get them the engagement and stuff like that. And yeah, they've been great for engagement as well as lead gen. Um, so that's been something that's really useful for us. And so you're getting their emails as well at the end of the quiz. I'm assuming. Yeah. So you need to put in. We do a monthly draw to win a hundred dollars worth of treats happen. And then, so you put in your email to enter into the draw and see your score. Wow, that's that's pretty smart. And and I guess and I imagine the engagement's quite high, which helps drive down the cost of the Facebook uh, ad. Well, that's it. There's a lot of virality into it. Yeah. Um. So our cost per email at our best rate was like four cents per email, double opted in. Four cents per email. Wow, yeah. that's incredible. So you're getting the cost per click at. Uh, less than that? Oh, way less. Like half cent per click. How, what? Yeah. That's in, that's insane. I mean, that's at the most efficient time period when there's a lot of virality in it. Yeah. But yeah, it was really good. Wow. Okay. So that's that's actually really good. And how many uh, email subscribers do you have if you care to tell us? 
So right now we have about 8,500. Um, we prune the list though fairly regularly of people who haven't opened or clicked on anything for a while. So I'd rather have 10,000 emails yeah. uh, just to keep my costs down. I don't want to be paying for people who aren't engaging and aren't, aren't purchasing. Oh, so do you recommend people do that? The pruning? I, I've heard about that. I personally don't recommend that because I found people buy after like three, four years. And, and, and then I'm like, oh, you know I guess what? they were, they were worth it. It depends. We have some quite a few low quality emails. Yeah. So if you're just ending up in this spam filter, it's not the worst idea. Yeah. We don't do it all the time, but we do like to keep it fairly lean and clean. Yeah. Because I, I personally have like the spam email that I give out to all these people and <laughs> they try to try to give me a free ebook or free something, right? And, yeah, and, and we'll look through our list periodically, and yeah. especially those ones. Yeah. We'll just clean up if it's if it's a junk email, um, and then we'll run stuff like when was the last people who haven't opened any of the last ten campaigns, and we'll we'll sort of send them a teaser, and then we might do that a couple times. If they don't respond or open it, then then we'll probably cut the fat. Wow. So are are you going to just be an Amazon only um, company, or, or do you have ambitions to be in like Loblaws or wherever they sell dog food? I'd rather go online and go direct to consumer. So we actually had a um, fairly big franchise in Canada that would not approve our products, not based on the quality, but because we sell online. Mm-hmm. So when you and things like a lot of grocery stores, they charge you twenty thousand dollars per SKU to be listed in their stores. Okay. So I'd rather just go direct to consumer. I mean, it's just Riley and I. We don't need to make a ton of money. Yeah. I'd rather have much more of a lifestyle business, and then that allows us to do to do other things. And our products get get or our customers get a better product because it's not sitting in distributor shelves for months and then yeah. sitting in the grocery store for months, and we just don't have enough control over it. Yeah. So that company didn't want to work with you just because you were selling online. Yep. Because they felt so like- they sell. They're a Canadian company as well, yeah. um, but they have no problem selling a lot of American products. They claim to really promote Canadian small businesses, but it was pretty disappointing to say to see that. Yeah. Um, also, just because the marketing shows that and the data shows that customers are far more likely to purchase in store than online when they see the ad for something, and we have stores that sell over a hundred units a month yeah. because we're promoting it. Oh, wow. You have to think like a virus that if you're trying to infect your consumer, you want as many opportunities for them to to catch you as possible. So have you ever played the game Plague Inc. on the iPhone or the Android? No, I don't play any games, man. So it's actually pretty cool. (laughs) It actually taught me a lot about how viruses and stuff are spread. Yeah. Um. But it's a nice little game when you're on the subway or stuck at the airport. And so there's different little things. And if you think like a virus that you could touch a doorknob or shake hands with someone or if it's airborne, there's all these different ways of someone to come in contact with you. And the more chances of uh, the more ways to catch a virus, the more likely it is to, to catch that contagion. And so you have to think of your brand the same way. If you sell only on Amazon or only direct to consumer yeah. or only in one chain of stores because you signed an exclusivity agreement, you're putting all your eggs in that basket, but also yeah. you're minimizing the chances for your customer to come in contact with you. And when you're selling a product, you can't just say, Hey, like if, if I asked you for a dollar now, yeah. if I said, yo, drag, I uh, can I have two bucks to buy a coffee. You'd say, sure, man, no problem. 
But if we just met the first time and I said, yo, Dre, give me two bucks. Yeah. You'd say, no. I don't know. Like, you. Who are you? We right? don't have that relationship. So just the more places you can be, the more credibility it, it leads to. So yeah. I don't know why all these stores like Sears and Kmart that are now going under are so against the internet. Like it's not going anywhere. Yeah, I guess they just feel really threatened by it because that's that cuts their them out of the equation, right? So be better. Innovate the business model. Don't bully people in brands into carrying you. Carry the best brands that are sold online because customers will go into stores, but they don't want to buy no-name brands that you've bullied into an exclusivity agreement. Yeah, that's true. That's the problem, really. Where online people are more willing to buy no-name brands as long as there's like a little bit more of a trust factor behind them right no name brands or they'll pay a premium like if you were to buy a dog subscription box it's going to be it's going to be bark box yeah so if PetSmart were to carry bark box they'd sell an insane amount because of all the online marketing that bark box has done selling their product direct to consumer yeah. but instead they say no we hate online we hate direct consumer sales and it's the customers will just go there anyway so they're not working for their customers, and that's why all these uh, brick-and-mortar retailers are going under. They're going under. They're going under. They're going under. Liquidation sales are crazy right now. That's right. You do a little bit of liquidating, you said. I was. that. That's just a fun side hustle I like to so do So what do you do? Tell me about the liquidation, because I, I want to get into that. Well, I live in Brampton. I, I don't know. Where do you, where do you live, actually? I'm uh, I'm out in Etobicoke. So okay. Too, too I think Etobicoke is actually a pretty seedy place as well, like Brampton. And... <laughs> It, it depends where and if you're the, up in Roxdale or someplace yeah, along Lakeshore. Yeah, so they'll have a lot of liquidation stores, and you just basically, uh, this is all just for testing, really, and you just go and see what they have. It's a lot of dirty stuff they'll have there, uh, coffee, yeah. coffee maker, see what they have, and then I'll just list it on, on Amazon. And uh, if it sells, I just buy it, clean it up a little bit, and it comes in a nice box and, and yeah. ship it out to the person. Oh, that's pretty good. So That's <laughs> pretty good. So, so just, you're listing it before you've even bought it. Of course. Yeah. Drop shipping. Wow. Look at that arbitrage. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you don't want to take inventory, right? Because uh, like I find a lot of people don't really know how to hustle. Like it's just like how you're saying about going to where your customers are and, and kind of being smart in, in the transaction in, in, in the arbitrage. Right. So yeah. with you making the, I think a lot of our listeners are going to be like, wow, this guy actually made a product and sold it. Um, that that alone that obviously adds a lot of value to the equation but also puts a lot of risk on you right because you're ordering a thousand um dog treats in one sitting right was none of them sell or whatever something happens right yeah we've gotten to the point where we can do that but when we first started we were making the product to order made to order yeah just to validate which, it which then is a marketing you say fresh made to order so it's not sitting on shelves and so you also aside from doing all these hustles and having this this business, you also have a normal nine to five job. And I just bring that up because I want to show our listeners that you can do the side hustle and make that into something crazy. So could you want to speak on that a bit about juggling those those two things? Yeah. So I, I do some other stuff as well. Um, I don't want to name the uh, the company, but I do some uh, some remote consulting um, 40 hours a week, which just when we were getting acquired, so some stuff happened and we became really highly leveraged. So I thought it might be. Uh, smart to just get a more steady source of income. So I do that 
40 hours a week, sort of one to nine. So typically what I do is I work on uh, treats happen in the morning. And then on, we worked a lot of shows. So we've learned about which products work as well. So we actually partnered up with somebody else in the, the pet industry. I'm sure everyone has seen a lot of the, the inflatable loungers. Yeah. So we have our own. We actually work with the factory overseas to make the design a lot better. Yeah. So apparently now the the original manufacturer, um, they have a patent on it. Yeah. And so they're cracking down on a lot of the imitators, but ours is a nice different product. Because something that I've learned is you always want, when you're making a product, make the best product you can because quality always wins. Yeah. And I know that I told you this. And when I said that we, we don't give out free product, we also don't do any promo codes. Yeah. Um, we don't do discounts because customers don't remember discounts. They don't remember saving money and it yeah. just doesn't, it doesn't foster loyalty. So we'd yeah. rather do a free gift with purchase. We'd rather give um, some extra product to someone who's, who's bought from us because there's nothing more important to us than our customers. And so I really transferred over to the breeze bag as well, where we wanted to make the best lounge room. People will come up to us and say, Oh, uh, the other guys, theirs is $50 and yours is $70. And we'll tell them straight up, we'll go look at the difference. And if you want to buy it, buy it. Yeah. If you want to save 20 bucks? That's fine. Yeah. But when it breaks in two weeks and you can't find them on Facebook and they have no customer service, we'll gladly sell you one for 70 bucks then. And then you're at 120. Yeah. I, I, and it's just, I totally agree. You have to go for quality. Like anything that you're going to use more than once, yeah. invest in the absolute best quality that you can afford. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I agree on the promo codes. Don't give out any promo codes. All you websites. Yeah, if you're being, if you're giving out promo codes, you're just being lazy. Like it's just very one track minded. Hey, sign up for our newsletter and save 10%. Hey, 50% off this weekend. Get a deal, get a deal, get a deal. Want to save, want to save, want to save. And it's just, you're attracting flea market type of buyers that don't have loyalty. Shout out to the flea market buyers. But yeah, I fully agree. Like the people, <laughs> the people that you attract who, who like I found when I give out promo codes, those people, I don't like working with those kind of people, but shout out to the flea markets. Cause you know, I, I came up from the flea market. Yeah. But let me ask you a question. When you're yeah. out there grinding a flea market, you ever paying full retail? Playing full. Do I pay full retail? At the flea markets? No, no, never. No. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, and the other thing too, was we actually, um, copy this from elon musk when he said why he doesn't do uh promo codes for tesla or any discounts and it's just it's not fair to all of your customers who paid full price oh that's a really good point actually like it's just it's not fair like if you were to look one of your customers in the eye when they said i've bought from you eight times yeah and i've never asked for a discount code why did you give that guy 10 percent off yeah you don't have a good answer for it yeah and I also, I also feel like if someone, if you give, if you announce a promo code and someone just bought off you, they'll want to come back to you and be like, Oh, can I get a refund of the difference? Cause you know, I've done that at, at stores and stuff like that. And yeah, and it feels kind of crappy. It feels, it feels weird. Like it's like, and so when we did a discount code for Black Friday, we looked at the orders of the past week and we proactively gave some discounts and said, Hey, we're doing the promo code and you didn't take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Like here's the money off. Yeah. It just it's about building that long term relationship with your customers where they know you'll always take care of them. What's the price of your product? Yeah, uh, so for one bag of treats, we've line priced everything at twelve ninety nine, but then we also do bundles and collections. Um, so the single bag of treats is anywhere from twelve ninety nine to fourteen ninety nine, um, and then so you can do a five pack for fifty or sixty bucks, and then a ten pack for for a hundred bucks. So how have so we you, do, how have you been increasing the lifetime value? of your customers. So the big thing is move because it's a consumable product. 
we want people to buy again and again and again. Yeah. So I keep saying that we're going to do it more. Um, especially on Thursdays, I want to do like a thank you Thursday where I call up 10 customers and just thank them for being a customer. Cause every customer who we've met or spoken to yeah. has a higher lifetime value. It doesn't take that long, but we have one customer. That's an amazing idea. But $4,000 from us. $4,000. Yes. In, in one year or in 18 one, months in 18 months. Wow. Yes. How is, does she run like a, a, a dog shelter or something like that? No, he just loves his dog. And he loves to support businesses, but he's smart. He says, Hey, can I buy in bulk? And can, if I buy 40 bags of treats, can I, can I get a deal? Yes. Yes, you can. And that's who we will give a discount to is if you're, if you want to buy that much, sure, by all means, but that's that loyalty that goes both ways or you're not. And I, I really harp on it all the time. All these people on Instagram saying, Hey, I've got 800 followers. Can I have some free product? No, no, you can't. So I'm going to buy some product. So I'm assuming you're not into paying influencers. We have enough customers with a loyal following that will generate us sales and we can trace our customer tree. So you know how in a lot of sports, they have those coaching trees. Yeah. We can trace it where this one customer bought and they referred us to this person. So I'd rather just foster our existing customers into getting us direct referrals. How do you do these, these trees? Uh, just by asking customers, how did you hear from us? Um, I'm just sort of making little notes here and there. There's not really a good CRM for e-commerce, but it's just really being customer obsessed. And a lot of businesses say that they're customer focused and customer yeah. um, obsessed, but you're not. If you're not calling up customers and talking to them, yeah. you're you're not. You don't care about them. No, and it's get to know your customers. Why are they buying? Who did they refer? So Lucas, tell me, is there anything yeah. else that you're working on right now? Yeah. Um, so it all started out as a joke. My, uh, my employer has a, um, one of the benefits you can expense stuff related to sports. A lot of people expense yoga mats or like running shoes, anything like that to make you more fit. Yeah. So I like to stir the pot a little bit. I'm a, I'm a habitual pot stirrer. So I thought, could I expense a gun? Oh, oh and then what? I started looking Did you into say a it. Gun? like, Skeet shooting is an Olympic sport. Yeah. The last Canadian who made the Olympics, he didn't start till he was 31 and he's a lawyer working full time. Yeah. And then I thought the four most powerful words that any entrepreneur needs to tell themselves every day. Do you know what those words are? I have no idea. I can do this. Oh man. Just do so it. I emailed yeah. the IOC. I emailed the team. So I'm actually going to, starting this summer, going to be training for the Olympics in skeet and trap shooting. What? <laughs> Yeah. What? So this is your next hustle, trying to be in the Olympics. Yes. So and it'll take probably, they said it takes anywhere from uh, eight years to qualify. So I'm going to try to expedite that as, as much as I can. Um, all jokes aside, I actually do have very good eyesight. So I've got that going for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I figure why not pick a sport that I can compete in? I'm not going to be Usain Bolt or Michael Phelps, Yeah. but I can shoot a gun. You've been to the gun range, I assume. I went skeet shooting once when I was 15 years old. Holy mackerel. Okay. I mean, if you have good eyesight and you're good at the um, the gun games, like gun shooting video games, then you'll be really good. Because I went to the gun range and I, I killed it. Like Yeah, so I'm going to actually launch a podcast to help fund this, hopefully get some sponsors or some CMF money from the government. So I'm hoping that you will be a guest on, on my show. And so the premise of it is it's going to be called Ride and Shotgun. I'm going to go pick you up in my truck. We'll have a couple of GoPros set up like the carpool karaoke. All right. And then we'll just kind of uh, 
we'll have a quick parlay as we drive to the gun range. Then we'll we'll blow some stuff up, like on MythBusters. Oh, so carpool the, karaoke meets oh, MythBusters. I'm there like chess. There. I don't. I don't know if they'll let me shoot random things, but I know that you do a lot with music. So maybe you have some old CDs lying around. You can just toss them up in the air, and we'll skeet shoot those. I don't know what they're going to do. Let me do. I don't know where it's going to go. But I think that Rod and Shotgun is the, the perfect name for this documentary, following me to the Olympics. And this whole thing is funded by your the company that you're working for right now. No, it's they won't find the whole thing. Just, but it all started as sort of a of a joke of what could I expend? Just and the gun. more that I looked into it, the more I realized, you know, I I could actually do this. I can do this. You can do this. And so, one last little nugget for everyone is: if you're ever unsure if you can do something, just tell yourself, "I can do this," and that's how it starts. You don't need to go and sell a million dollars a year online. But you can go out and you can make one sale. Uh-huh. You can make one sale, you can make 10 sales. And if you make 10 sales, you can do 10 sales in a week. And if you can do it in a week, you can do it in a day. Just remember, you can do this. Thank you, Lucas. Thank you so much for talking to me today about your company, about what you're doing, about ski shooting. Is that, was that what it's called? Yeah, so there's ski shooting and there's trap shooting. I'm going to... Uh, really try both and then focus on the one that I'm that I'm better at. Okay, so Lucas is the most craziest hustler, ambitious hustler. I, I thought he was a, a, a crazy hustler. Now he's has dreams of being in the Olympics. So I don't I don't even know what to think anymore. I don't know if I'm being trolled right now or what's going on. But thank you, Lucas, for for talking to me today. Any anyone you want to shout at? Don't you, you want to shout at your co-founder as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. A couple of co-founders, Eugene with Vengage. Um, so if you're looking to do infographics and content marketing, check out Vengage. A lot of great visuals to make your your marketing really pop. And of course, Riley with uh, with Treats After My Partner, both in business and uh, and in life. It wouldn't be possible without her. Oh yeah, I didn't even get into that. I didn't even ask you about that whole dynamic. No, we can do it. No, we can do it next time, or yeah, just yeah. or or we don't. We just don't talk about that. Yeah, we'll yeah. just leave it. Yeah, yeah. Just we'll leave just it. leave it. We'll just leave it. All right, but right, people don't want to hear the ugly details. Oh, I want to hear the ugly details. I love the ugly details. No, get spill that tea. Get that <laughs> juice flowing. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, eh? of course. Yeah. All right. That was episode two of the podcast. If you enjoyed it, please rate and review that mother in the itunes store in the play store i'm trying to come up in this world if you listen on soundcloud on the low please just heart that fave that make a comment retweet that repost that and uh, much love to y'all if you got any suggestions for who i should interview next uh hit me up on twitter at draga and um yeah that's it i'll see y'all next week